thank you so much for coming on freestyle i really appreciate it i was not expecting you to say yes not gonna lie man shit i ain't never doing nothing really i just be at home taking care of my kids and playing video games that's it well see that's the thing you're the goat and also you're the most person of consequence i could have on this podcast so really i wasn't even sure if you qualified this is a show for people who have any fame and you're the most famous person i know i ain't got no fame i mean i've done shit with many famous people i've performed with mega Ran, cool keith substantial shingo too but only a couple of those i talk to on a regular basis the other this might as well not even exist <laughs> well listen man that's still awesome to me and uh the most famous person i talked to this week was my mom and uh she didn't even return my call, so you're definitely still winning. <laughs> so uh, let's get started with introducing you to the, uh, you know, the Persons of No Consequence fan base. Right off the bat, thank you so much for coming on the show. Persons of No Consequence for the Uninitiated is the show I started because one time a fan of mine made a Wikipedia page, and Wikipedia took it down saying I was a person of no consequence. I did not matter to the internet. So I got the idea to start a podcast and get all these people that you won't hear about because Wikipedia has gatekeepers and we'd start our own podcast and tell our own stories. So if you don't mind freestyle, go ahead and take it away. Tell me who you are. All right. Well, my name is freestyle fanatic. Of course, but my real name is Bronson Gregory. It's, I got two fucking first names. So you can imagine <laughs> I have never really been called with my first name my whole life. So I was born to have a fucking alias as my name. <laughs> You got the most yeah. badass name though. I gotta say, like Bronson, like that's like that's so hard. Like I feel, like, I felt cooler yeah. just saying it out loud. I'm like, oh damn, like did I just grow an inch? Like am I taller now? Damn. Yes, I'm named after my dad. His name is Bronson. And then he named me after him. And then my first son, his name is King Bronson. Oh shit! So he continued You're like leveling it. up, man. Like are you like playing Tekken? You. <laughs> that's exactly where his name comes from. Because when my dad passed away before. We used to play Tekken all the time. He played with King, and I played with Armor King. And then when he passed away, I stopped playing with Armor King, and I started playing with King. Oh, my God, dude. I'm going to cry. We're two minutes into the show, and I'm going to cry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, this uh, long time ago. It's, you know, shit happened. Everybody lose somebody, especially with all the madness going on now. Right. Like, How are you dealing with that in the pandemic? You know, being a performer, you getting out there? I I tried doing the show online before. It was all right, but it's nothing more than just being in person and really feeling the energy of the crowd. Like you can hide at home, but when you're in person, there ain't no hiding when you're up on that stage. No, not at all. And you guys have so it's like so like great energy. Like when I've seen you, I've seen you play three times now, and each time I'm like, this is awesome. I've had you perform like directly in front of me, like for me personally, and it was still <laughs> nothing compared to being there in a crowd. I, although one time it was at a bowling alley, and uh, uh, that's a different kind of crowd. I just want to say <laughs> compared yeah. to going for an actual show. <laughs> that's where you go for practice man you know and nobody don't give a fuck about you as soon as you already got up there so no matter if you failed or succeed it's all about just getting that practice in front of a whole bunch of eyeballs that don't like you and if you can get a couple of eyeballs out there to look then you did it man you know usually some people be dancing on the lane or something hell yeah dude, I it was so impressive i watched a dude put down his beer to listen to you and i was like oh damn he's going somewhere he's gonna make it <laughs> 
That's usually how we are when we uh, hop on stage. Everyone looks at us and think like, that guy can't rap or that guy can't sing or they're nerds. He's in here playing a Nintendo Switch. What's he about to say? <laughs> so, I mean, does that is that like help connect you with your audience? I mean, as a big fan of like Mega Ran as well, that's always what got me into it. And now I love all of this stuff. But when I first heard this dude rapping over Final Fantasy 7, I was like, oh, shit rap is different like, like there, there can be shit that i actually understand because you know i grew up in the middle of the woods there's not a lot to relate to there <laughs> yeah you know like mega Ren, that's my homie uh shout out to raheem uh we've got to perform him many a time and just like seeing him as a performer live and just listening to his music i just sat there and soaked in all the knowledge and learn and it just uh it flew on over to Moscow. You know, just I grew up in Detroit, just walking home by myself from school, had no friends. So I just would hear like the songs from the radio play on people's cars as they pass by. So the beat would get stuck in my head and I would just practice freestyling. I've been doing that same shit for the last like 26 years. Holy crap. And I mean, it's paid off. Like there's nothing, there's nothing more impressive than when you were like, yeah, my name's not just freestyle for nothing. And you freestyled for an entire eight minutes on my old podcast, Cave Trolls. I don't even know if you can find it on the internet, but it was the most impressive thing I've ever seen. And I have two children. (laughs) (laughs) Me too, man. My second son, his name is Prince. Oh shit. Like, (laughs) yeah. So so he's literally, I got King and Armor King. One day I'm going to get a tattoo of King's mask on one arm and Armor King's mask on the other. Oh, dude, that is so cool. And also, like, again, I'm going to cry again. I want you to know if you hear sniffling on the other side of this, I promise I am cool, but you're just hitting me right in the feels. (laughs) I don't know if I can can handle too much more of these stories. So if you can, let's rewind a little bit. How did you get started? Obviously, you know, you're a kid walking home from school, no friends, freestyling over other people's beats. How does that go to now? I can buy your album on Bandcamp, which all the people should do. Oh <laughs> uh, man, it, it really just went from a hobby to meeting uh, my rap partners, man, son of Andy and K.O. Ken, who used to be EX1, but he changed his name. And They're we used to go by the Funky Fresh, which kind of still are when it's me and son of andy but now the whole three is together and we're ready set flow ready set flow okay i i I have a list of names i'm like i think we're gonna have to give like a dissertation like they're gonna have to be like a disambiguation page when you listen (laughs) you're like okay so when he's by himself freestyle fanatic when he's with son of andy that's funky fresh when all three of you together it's ready set flow I want everyone it's like to the Wu Tang Clan, man. It's like there's like nine people in that whole group, but each one is his own single artist, and then they group up together. Like Rizza and Jizza do some shit together, or Rekwan and Ghostface would do some shit, and that's <laughs> they just keep it integrating, man. They have so much talent. They have so much, and like that's how I feel about you guys. Like again, it was so cool, and I know you were gracing our presence. You were so excited to be on our podcast, and you you were you said yes so fast when I asked you to be on this one. But I want you to know, I'm still a little starstruck. Again, <laughs> even though we've hung out in person, I'm still like, man, but he's so talented. I don't know if I can have him on the podcast. <laughs> Maybe I should see if there's someone worse at rapping that I could have on first. <laughs> work, work my way up to it, you know. I could rap shitty. It's not hard, you know. <laughs> You got to know when and where you fuck up so you don't do that shit and then you do everything else and then you get fans, you know? 
So, like, what's that like starting to, like, garner a fan base? Because I know when you had first started, like you said, you know, you're playing bowling alleys and you're trying to get up there to, you know, I get messages from you the last couple of years. You're like, yeah, come on out. Come see me play with Mega Ram. Like, uh, what's it like leveling <laughs> up to that point? Dude, it's uh, it's just like being in, like, uh, in marketing. It's really like you're throwing yourself out there. You got a random amount of people and you're selling yourself in front it might just be 10 people, and out of the 10, two or three might like your music. So you talk to those three people, really get to know them. They take the music home and start spreading it around. Start going to different events, and you start creating like kind of a hustle. So we go to people's events, and I'm a freestyler, man. Like, like I said, I've been doing this for like 27, 26 years now. I go and the beat is kicking. I and I like it. I can't help myself. I start rhyming on the spot, and then we start gathering bunch of people around, and it's a ring. Like I've taken over a couple pieces people's show. Like Cool Keith, <laughs> I got up on stage for that. Which my man Joe Walker, he was the the MC for that. Man, that's my dude. Shout out that dude has been such a great person to me. He's like a brother now. Nah. But uh, but yeah, meanwhile, just, you're still in the show. Awesome. You know? Same thing I did uh, last year at Yomacon. <laughs> That's how we got our show at Yomacon is I took over that shit too. Okay, so all the tweets I got from that were, who is this dude and why isn't he headlining? Like, that was literally what the tweet that I got sent to me. And I was like, I know him. Like, <laughs> it was like, he like stole the show. So, like, you're totally right there. And it's really cool to hear that that's how it worked. Did you ever find anybody that kind of took offense to that? Was there anybody mad that you were, like, stealing the spotlight? No, because oh, awesome. it, it was mad love. Like, you know, like it really is all about like MCs respect MCs who got scale, who put in the hard work. If you just a bullshitter up there, they're going to light your ass up quick. But <laughs> if you come for real, they're going to be like, I, I see this dude. Oh, he's fit some shit. You know, <laughs> right? get I mean, you hype. it's like a new video game on the way. You watching the trailer. <laughs> Oh, finally, you're speaking my language, right? Like, uh, <laughs> no, but like that was that was really cool for me. And also, when I first discovered your stuff, obviously, like I had met you in person, and then everyone told me how good of a rapper you were. And I'm not gonna lie, I was like, are you sure? Because like I don't know people with a lot of talent, <laughs> so like I wasn't sure we'd be swimming in the same circles, you know. And then when I heard your stuff, it like blew my mind. I, I know I keep throwing out this hyperbole and all this praise, but I'm serious. I still listen to your shit, and it's so awesome. <laughs> thank um, you, thank you. And I, I just I love all the subtle references for a long time. You know, people who were rapping about shit that wasn't just, you know, dealing drugs and being on the street. You weren't hard. You know, you weren't cool. And then you have people like random. It's kind of showing that you can rap about whatever you want. It's still rap. You know, it, there's no juxtaposition. Yeah. You can't say there's a division line. So what's that like being able to throw the shit that you love? Things like fighting games, card games, you know, being a dad. You know, you throw all of that stuff into your music. Do you ever catch flack for that or do you just find your closer fans? Uh, sometimes I do when I'm at shows and they like this dude talking about video games or whatever, <laughs> they might not like me or most times I'll be doing something, something on stage and people are like, want to try to change my lyrics or the way I do something up there. And I just, you know, pass them off. Like there's a, a line that is between like being a nerd and being like this hard person or something. You got to be like. I ain't never been that shit my entire life. I've been playing Pokemon <laughs> since that shit dropped. Been waking up for fucking cartoons since the Saturday mornings and still eating bowls of fucking cereal. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I mean, like, it's got to give you kind of hope when you see, like, how big Mega Ran has gotten, right? And like I said, no scruples. He raps about what he wants to rap about. And like, you yeah. know, he's an English teacher. He talks about that. He loves video games. He loves games in general. Like, he does what he wants to do. And, you know, he's made a living off of it. Yeah, it's fantastic. You know, it's, it's you know, it's blessed. And I definitely want to walk in that path, be able to provide for my family with what I love instead of being a slave to the post office. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, working for the man, literally. Like, <laughs> when you told me that you like you had to work at the post office, I mean, everyone's got a day job. Like, I don't yeah. know a single creative person, like, personally, that doesn't have a day job. It's just part of, it's part of the hustle, you know? it's You have to do it. Yeah. Cause you have you got kids, man. They eat. <laughs> you can never stop, man. And never first, stop. I was so excited because my kids love cereal and waking up with Saturday morning cartoons. Like that's my thing. Like I have someone to join in with that. And then they ate all my fucking cereal. <laughs> you know, I buy a thing of honeycombs for myself and the next day it's gone. I'm like, I made a mistake somewhere along the line. Yeah, man. Shit. My son, he, he loves potato chips and he like just potatoes in general. If that shit is out. He's coming. It's like Solid Snake in and out. Metal Gear is fucking done. <laughs> uh, so, like, has that changed the way you go about it? I mean, when I met you, you know, it was all about the hustle. You hadn't had any kids yet. Like, the thing that you were trying to do, you were working part-time, but really you were going full force into the rap game. Now that you had mouths to feed, do you find that it's harder to strike that balance of your creativity and, you know, earning a living? Yeah, it took a long time to find the balance, man. Like, and I'm sure you know just as well as I, like, when you have that first kid come in and you're a fresh parent, you know, fresh yeah. out the pack, ain't never been used before. <laughs> Fucking, like, you have no idea what's going on, what to do, why they're crying. Everything feels like it's a hundred times worse when really ain't shit really going on. They're either hungry, they tired, or they got an itchy ass. It's one of the three. <laughs> that's all it ever is like it's when i got that when i finally understood that i'm like okay they're not dying they shit themselves like it's fine like that's the worst that can happen is you're going to be covered in poop and then you're going to clean it and then they're going to go back to sleep and then i got that under control and then i had a fucking second kid and i was like oh no i just figured out the math on the first one what do i exactly. do now <laughs> i got fucking caught man it felt like a Yu-Gi-Oh card it flipped that shit on me card, i man. thought i was done you know <laughs> And then my second kid comes. I'm like, I was just in that sweet spot where, like, my son now every day he loves Elmo and like the simple learning songs. I'll give him his like tablet and he's gone. I don't need <laughs> to worry about him unless he wants something to drink, something to eat, or his diaper needs to be changed. But now I got oh, a yeah. second son. I got to teach him to walk and talk and all that again. So. It's like, I'm that close. I'm almost there back to the golden gates of being able to be me again. Yeah, you know, in like 18 years, <laughs> the other one will be in college and <laughs> that one will be graduated and you'll be golden, man. Yeah. We'll be in our 40s finally being able to pursue our creative endeavors. It'll be beautiful. Yeah, you know, now <laughs> that I'm, I retired from my job, I can finally do what I want. No, no, that's not how this is going. We're going to do this shit. Now, by the time y'all 18, I want to really live like. That's the goal, right? Like set them up so they can do whatever they want. So they don't end up working, you know, at the post office for the man. Like, that's the thing I want to be able to let them, you know, if they want to write a comic book, go write a comic book. Don't do the shit that I do, which is, you know, stay up till 4 a.m. Pretending I know how to draw going. No, somebody will like this, right? Like. Uh, 
it's it's a hustle for sure you you can't you can't find the balance at first you eventually get it so before you had to find the balance let's take it all the way back how did you meet up with with drew and xo and start this whole thing uh so uh drew and ken i met them literally at the same time we were going up to our friend juan's house he uh was going to eastern michigan university at the time and ken was going to u of m at the time and it was Ken's birthday, so we was all surprising him. He didn't know we was all showing up from from where we were. You know, we'd like an hour, hour and a half drive away. So we literally <laughs> all came up there for his birthdays, spent about six, seven o'clock in the morning all playing video games and also kicking over uh ciphers in the back room over like MF Doom beats. So <laughs> we're just going back and forth, all three of us. This is the time Drew didn't know how to freestyle. He can freestyle now, but back then he was awful. And <laughs> I was bad too, because like I would just say like a billion cuss words and really wasn't saying nothing. We was just all trash. And I still have those uh recordings to this day on my PlayStation 3, my 16-year-old console. <laughs> Dude, you gotta put that out as a bonus track on your next album. You just gotta like have you saying fuck and just seeing what it would rhyme with. Like, that would be awesome. <laughs> I really want to hear that. It was great, though. Like, I always like going back and looking at listening toes and just to see, like, how far I came, how so much I learned. Like, we all three that night decided, like, yo, we all three like doing hip hop. Let's form a group. And we were Royal Blood at the time doing shows at uh, the factory in Rochester Hills. And that's where that's where it all started. Right. I mean, you, that was our very three. first show yeah, was at it, the factory not. so have you played there since like you know you find no they actually fame. closed that place down a long time ago they called us out because we were one of the like groups that they liked a lot so they were bringing all the best performers back to do one final show because uh the city had shut it down because it was a fire hazard like, it was <laughs> small and they were packing way too many people in there it's like deep in downtown Rochester Hill. So we were supposed to perform that night too, and we didn't. And we just went out in the back street. Some like white kid with a bucket and some sticks was just banging them shits. We made a whole show out in the little alley and everybody's out there drinking and having fun. And that's usually that's happened a couple of times. Most of our shows don't ever go right. There's always some <laughs> shit and it changes like this grand adventure. It's like Scott Pilgrim style. All of your shows are secret shows, right? Like you just like exactly, you just yeah. Them. All of my shows are secret shows. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, 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 not gonna lie, I've been to some of your shows that are huge, though. Like I, I've been to places where it was packed, and I, I know there was other performers. I know not everyone in the crowd was there to see you, but everybody in the crowd loved you afterward. So I've never seen you not convert to fans. Like again, I had never even heard of you when I first met you, and I bought your album and have ever since. So like there's <laughs> something you. there like you have that hook on you you know, but uh, I know I can throw praise at you all day. I have questions, <laughs> but it is like I haven't been able to talk to you in a few years, so I just need to tell you you know how awesome you are. Uh, I got all night kids right? is down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also I pulled up. I was like thirty six chambers. How many people do they have on that? I'm like, how do I get myself into this rap group? They said they need nine more people, right? So <laughs> like, how do I get added into this? So real quick, so you meet them, you guys decide to start playing shows, it starts to go well. When do you decide that we're going to actually start recording together? Like, when do you make that jump from, we're going to play something to, hey, let's record something and try to sell it? 
Ah, uh, let's see. It probably had to be around the time uh, I had just joined the post office in 2011, and Son of Andy had dropped his like mixtape. And it influenced me to want to drop my own solo project. So I dropped that back in 2011. And we went from being mixtape people to been like, you know, we should really like make actual albums. And, you know, just life gets in the way to where we ain't really been able to drop a collective project together. But it's always been we've had each other on each other's songs featured so much that when we get together, there's a giant playlist of just like featured songs and songs by itself. And we just create this dynamic show on the spot across many different projects. Yeah, it's definitely, it's like an extended universe, honestly. Like, I mean, every, every single rap crew, like everybody has like that family dynamic, you know, where this person has been on this track and this person played with this person, but it's so cool to see how you guys have kind of spread out and always come back. You're always on each other's EPs and stuff. Like that's one of the things I love about it is that you guys never stop being friends just because you're doing a solo thing. Yeah, it's, uh. Never uh, bad blood between us. We always, everyone has discussions about stuff, man. But shoot, we've been friends for, at least I've been friends with them two for 11 years now. And Ken's one of the godfathers of my, of my, of both of my kids. So it's like, (laughs) it's mad love. Like these are my brothers. I love them to death. So when do you decide you're going to start doing stuff on your own? You're going to put out your CD. You're going to, you know, make your album. How do you decide, well, we can't meet up. Let's do our own thing a little bit. Uh, so we decided back. Uh, it was actually when I met my wife for the first time and we were doing a fundraiser to get beats from Decompose to fully do our entire album which we did meet our goal and we were able to get the beats and we were supposed to do that project, but it never happened. So I son of Andy was like, I'm going to go in and, you know, do my solo album and get that out. And I was like, you know, I'm going to go do a solo album too. And after he released his, I just wanted to make sure it was a nice breathing amount of time. I put mine's right out, which is uh, the movement on my website. So that's been, going good i dropped that back in what was that last year in january and i had sold out of all my physical copies in like two and a half weeks i know i had to buy it on Bandcamp. like <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm glad man thank you so much for the support i'm stopped yeah, now though i got <laughs> i just bought a hundred copies a couple weeks ago and oh, we got that. t-shirts too yeah i got the ready set flow t-shirt um I'm looking at I'm looking at your site. I'm like, what else can I pimp for him? Like, what else has he got? Like, give him some love, send some money, buy some shirts. You got compact disc, you got your digital album, you have two different t-shirts over here. What sizes do you have over there? I need uh, so so we do uh it's the run a company that me and my wife, well, she had made it, and I joined uh with her because her old business partner they split. So over this little 10 week break I had, she started a business. I joined in where she was crafting uh, T-shirts and we just been hot with it, staying up two, three in the morning every night now for the last couple of weeks, printing shirts and it's been doing great. So a site that we use, it goes from small all the way up to like 9X, but right oh, yeah. now she only has a mat that can do up to 5X. 
<laughs> well, that, I think that's like really smart to do. Like so many of the people that are doing their own private stuff, you know, they're not partnering with a huge company is you don't see the right sizes. You know, everyone buys the smalls or the largest XL they can and you run out of everything else. And it's so frustrating. And I was like looking at that and I was like, I want to plug the T-shirts because I love when somebody's got a good fan T-shirt because thank that's you, how you support it, man. Um, yeah, my wife does them all. She, she, uh, she didn't make the design for the move, and I got that made at Yomacon. But she turned it into a completely like outline stitch design, and I wore the prototype. I'm like, this shit is fire! And then everybody that's seen it is dope. And ever since then, we're just going in. It's like all these companies keep taking away all the fun shit. So at this point, I'm just like sick and tired of trying to go out there find anything. Like if it's a food or a shirt or something, I'm gonna just make it myself. You can't discontinue something you don't make. Hell yeah, hell yeah, and you don't get you don't get screwed over too. So many of those deals, you know, it's not good for the smaller artists. Like you can't do anything to make money. It's good for marketing, I guess, but it's not gonna help you make it in the long run. So doing it yourself is definitely the way to go. Um, I do have like I have like fifty questions I'm running through here, but I'm having too Fine much with me. other stuff, man. Um, <laughs> so I I want to jump to like the stuff I want to know about. So you put out your album, and you know you get a lot of love for that. Your collective is putting out albums. How do you make the jump to actually playing with these people that you looked up to, like people like Mega Ran? Like, how does that happen? How do you get connected? How do they? How do you find them? Do they find you? Do you just like get a call one day say, hey, come open for me? <laughs> uh, uh usually it's sometimes most of the time uh drew is very good at connecting with the people for us i'm like the the hustle man that goes out there do the hustle get to the person and then drew's able to like keep that connection going and get us to the goal so it's oh, a teamwork <laughs> it's never like one of us just doing some we're like sly cooper bentley and fucking murray from sly cooper each person got their job to create the heist (laughs) (laughs) that's so perfect and that makes sense too and like you guys definitely utilize everybody which is really cool to hear so as you start doing these bigger shows is there anything like in the back of your mind going oh man like i can taste it like i'm almost there it feels like that all the time like when you're up like last year uh, that's my second time taking over the Yomacon show, and this time actually getting up on stage to freestyle and do the hook for Battle Cry for uh, Samurai Shampoo with Shingo 2. And they had Substantial up there, and Kadesh Flow, and IQ, and uh, Mark Cooper. It was just a bunch of people out there, and I'm just like, wow, I'm up here in front of all these people with the man that made like the dopest anime opener other than like rush for cowboy bebop hell yeah i, I would i would still say it's probably better than that one i love that one but this i couldn't one. even hold you to it and they just put the whole <laughs> uh soundtrack on spotify i know i was literally listening to it earlier that's why i was like listen you're gonna catch me in, in between a rock and a hard place on this one uh oh, have you been playing ghost of tsushima quick aside I have, man. I had to put it down because I need to finish The Last of Us Part 2. So I'm trying to finish that up. But in the back of my mind, it's like, you're just ready to go back and swing that fucking sword. <laughs> I was so glad I beat Last of Us 2 before Ghost of Tsushima came out because I'm already 100 hours into Ghost of Tsushima. And like, I haven't slept like in a month because I've been playing this damn game. 
it's so good it's like non-stop you just your character keep getting better shit keep opening up and the world just keep expanding it's like after i did like two missions and then like three side missions will pop i'm like oh shit i want to go do that damn i leveled up oh shit i got a new sword style and it just continues and it's just a beautiful game at the same time i can't help but stop and I'm not sure you're probably like this. And my boy Novelist, shout out to him the same way. It's like that photo mode, man. I got to oh, yeah. stop, swipe, and then I'm sitting there for like 15, 20 minutes just sucked in, messing around with the editing and shit. I'm like, I'm supposed to be doing this mission. This is why I will never beat this game. <laughs> dude, it's the only game I've ever been like happy that somebody killed me because I'm like, the lighting is perfect. I can get this picture of this dude about to stab me with a spear. I got to capture this moment. Yes. Oh man! So I guess my question is: Is when are you gonna rap over that soundtrack? Because I've been listening to that on Spotify today too. And man, like I, I'm not like a big fan of ambient stuff, but I like I had it on all day, man. It was like an hour and a half, and I didn't even notice that I'm still listening to this freaking soundtrack. The sound team on there, man, they did a fantastic fucking job. Like sometimes when I can't fall asleep, I'll go to YouTube and put on the heavy rain videos that yeah. dark out the screen. But it's like, I can just go to Ghost of Tsushima, hop in the photo mode, and create a whole fucking tropical storm. And it's just <laughs> beautiful. And I'll just sit there, and I'll smoke a blunt, fucking looking at this, like, beautiful scenery of rain and sleet and wind and blues and purples and pinks. It's fucking dope. And then you wake up, and you're like, I, I just need to play more Ghost of Tsushima now, I guess. <laughs> like, it really is. I'd be, like, with my kids, dog. And I'm like, man, yeah, I need to go take a nap. It's sleepy time. I need to get back to Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> so, I mean, w- with the pandemic and stuff, I'm sure you've gotten a little bit more free time, but you never got to take any time off. You know, you're still going out there. Has that been hard to balance? Again, dad, creator, hard, hard worker in the pandemic that does not get to take a break. Like, how do you do that? Yeah, well, fortunately, I've been uh, off recently for going on my 10th week now, but I literally go back to work next week. Uh, My job had like a a thing for like the COVID if like you couldn't, if your like child provider that you have for them couldn't watch the kids no more than they would take, uh, they pay you and let you stay home. And I just collected unemployment to take care of the bills. But it's been great being home for the last two and a half months. Me and my family watch them grow every day. And my wife works in the basement. She works for a bank. So I just literally like take care. It's really like three kids. I love my wife. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I take care too. Our coworkers be jealous. They got she got a big ass cup of fresh coffee on the other end. Fresh baked toe house cookies coming out the oven. I'm like, I guess y'all gotta get a good man. I don't know what to tell, you know. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. How do I get in on that? Like, I want like cookies delivered to me, coffee. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I love oh. cooking. I had to learn how to cook. Uh, my wife taught me when we were pregnant with our first kid that we lost uh, around like the 16th week. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah. It was, uh, it was crazy time back then, but we got through it. And the cooking skill just stayed and increased and increased. And then over the last four years... I'm now at that point where I want to create my own catering business. I just created this dope-ass chicken sandwich yesterday. It was fantastic. <laughs> you got to send me the recipe, man. That sounds awesome. I got the picture on my Instagram. It was like one of the pictures I took yesterday. Oh, just... you made that? I saw yeah, that. I made that from scratch. I ain't used no recipes. I just pan-seared it, 
with some panko and uh and some Italian breadcrumbs and a fuckload of different seasonings, and I marinated it and then fried it in the pan and hooked up, just chopped up some lettuce, tomato, and some barbecue sauce. Threw that shit together on a fresh brioche. Dude, I'm starting <laughs> to get fucking hungry now. You just you just listed everything. I'm like, I'm about to have a chicken sandwich out of this shit. So oh, man. can you make everything you mentioned in Soul Food? Which, if you don't know, check out Soul Food. One of their best tracks, Funky Fresh. Can you make yeah, it? I can. I can make awesome. everything in that I said, even the candy bars. And I talk about <laughs> snitch. They got recipes online for you to make that shit at home. You can make an entire fucking cake out of it if you want to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been using the pandemic to your, I guess, like advantage is the wrong word. You know, we're all sick, you know, sitting at home, trying not to get sick. But I mean, you haven't been resting. You haven't been sitting around. You've been doing shit. Yeah, that's like. When you got none, it's like being in prison, but not with the harshness and the craziness. It's like you just locked in your cell, but you got a whole bunch of shit to do. It's like, what do I do? You know, right. like they they push weights in the yard, build up muscle to take over time. I sit on the couch, eat Cheetos, and <laughs> uh, play video games. But I did take up Taekwondo, and I've been doing that for like a month straight now. So I've been losing weight. Quick, I know, man. Quick rapidly with that. <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah, like thanks. it's crazy. Like when I saw that, like I had saw that you posted, like, yeah, I've been doing Taekwondo and stuff. I was like, oh, that's cool. And then you posted that picture of the belt, and I was like, oh shit. Like, yeah, work out, man. <laughs> just fun. Just be I like nonstop. Let like, be just weird times all day. I'll just start doing a knee kick or practicing <laughs> pivoting on the balls of my toe. It just happens like I love it. it. It don't feel like working out, but once I'm done, I'd be dead on the floor. Just be like, I need some water or something, man. I'm tired. <laughs> it's like your regular renaissance, man. Like learning to cook, doing Taekwondo, you know, still putting out albums, still making music, playing Ghost Tsushima, being a dad, like you're doing it all. So when it comes to having to go back to work, is that like, is it annoying? Are you happy to go back to earning? Like, what what's that uh what's that thinking process like? I'm happy to go back to get the free eight and a half hours of uh not being at home with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> I love my kids, but man, it's a lot of work. Like especially I just transferred from being a midnight worker for almost two years back to afternoons, which I'd be like five o'clock to one thirty in the morning. Right. But I was like not getting any sleep. I literally sleep from like 30 to 36 hours or I won't get in sleep for 30 to 36 hours at a time. And then I would sleep only for like six hours and be back up for another. I, I moved like a doctor. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> and that oh, life caught up to me, man, started affecting my health and shit. And I'm like, I got to get out of this. Yeah, no, like, I mean, I, I get sleep deprivation and get some insomnia in there, but like, that's my own choice. Like, I choose to do that because I'm like, I'm going to learn how to draw tonight or something. Like, I'm not working nights anymore. Not as a dad. Like, that's got to be hard on you. Yeah, it's just nonstop all day to take care of the kids in the day, take care of them at night, and then go to work, come back. It was just a brutal thing. But now it's the tides are turning. It's starting to get more balance. When I get off of work now, they're already asleep, so I'll be able to get somewhat of a sleep. And I can still sleep when they're awake. I just let them crawl all over me as I sleep on the floor. 
wake up and pick all the toys up. <laughs> That's a true dad right there. You know, you're asleep and there's like slapping you around chewing on your controller and shit like that's how you know you made it that's like yeah oh, <laughs> i'm a true dad right here like here like i'll just leave all of the cereal and all of the milk out you do your thing like whatever happens happens yeah I'm like i got a vacuum cleaner i got clorox fuck it i'm getting <laughs> some sleep <laughs> oh man so like with with what you write about you know like i said you've always thrown everything in to your music has it drastically changed how you write a song now that you're a parent, now that you have a career? Like, what does that mean to you when you go into making an album or writing a song or, you know, getting back together with your collective? Do you bring all of that stuff with you? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Like, anything I write about, it's nine times out of ten real, unless I'm actually creating a fictional story, which I like to do from time to time. But... I was, uh, I'm working on this little mixtape that I want to drop on Friday just for free, calling it Shit Tapes, because it's <laughs> like me back in 2011 making a mixtape over my laptop microphone, like back in the day. So yeah. just doing that shit for fun while I'm finishing up my second album, which I go to record on Sunday, and that'll be done. So that oh, should shit. be dropping the next couple weeks soon. Can you drop any hints? What's on the album? What are you talking about? What's does it have a theme? Is it a concept? What do we got? It's got a little bit of a theme, not really a concept, but it's called the sounds of water. So the whole entire album is the beats I picked from my uh, dream life. This dude okay. has done beats for tons of people, famous and non-famous. And I just lo loved his vibe. I used some of his beats on my first album. So I'm like, I want to make an entire album with his. He's got this nice little mellow flow, something that people can smoke to. But at the same time, it's kind of a hype, get you up your feet. So each song's got like, uh, it's got like a cold name. I it, They used to have regular titles, but I'm like, this sounds a water. They got to be like the, the swordsman from the Hit and Miss Village or like oh, yeah. a Naruto. So. I end up called, giving them different names. So one's like Mizu, one's Waterfall, one's Typhoon, the other one's Aqua. It's all different types. And after each and beginning of the songs, a different sound of water plays, and it takes you in that song, and it also takes you out. Oh, dude, that's so awesome. Anything on there that reminds you of Ghost Tsushima? Anything I can put on there and like turn their amazing soundtrack off and play that instead? Ah, uh, shit. Probably I got a song on there. Um I don't remember the code name, but it's called Always. It's just got tons of different video game and anime references. It'll get you hype. Hell yeah. Hell uh, it's yeah. like uh always believe me and lead like King Fear of Bradley. Wrath the letters and pointed with the pen. I stay with stabbing. Always a fire, not to flex with the breath of a dragon. A street rat rapping. Always like him, Aladdin. Always looking be I soul in the wall like where's the palace? Always can be trolled, but always dipped in the madness. Like when your soul is eating glands, hit the moonlight like you're supposed to act straight and do right. But who might be perfect when your omens might just lose your life? Always when the crew is cruising out tonight. Always when I might come to heal you or be your kryptonite, the might of a kid in the green jumpsuit all might in situations where shit just isn't all right but always with the force i fight when things are always blight because things are going to flip like devon going to grab the tables always in god believe in his word so faithful oh man <laughs> dude thank you so much that was awesome yeah you're welcome yeah that's one of my favorite verses that shit and it just keeps getting crazier like the skill level 
that you hear between my first and second albums will be a gigantic shift. <laughs> Have you thought about putting out shit tape same day as this next album? Just go listen. Like, if you don't think I'm good, listen to what I used to be because I, I, I'm the shit now. <laughs> uh, nah, this shit tapes is just a couple of tracks that I just wanted to have fun on. Some of most of them don't even have hooks. I'm just dropping bars, just having fun right. with concepts and keeping the sword sharp. With no shows, I haven't really been able to get out there to do nothing. So I just like, man, I'm just going to write some songs, throw some shit up, get a fan something to listen to while y'all waiting for the premium content to finish. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, like, so what's that like, like trying to write in the pandemic, trying to sit at home with the kid yelling at you, you know, trying to figure out like what cookies to bring downstairs to your wife? Like, how do you find the time to write the song, let alone sit down freestyle and try to remember it to go into the studio with? Man, multitask skills on point. <laughs> there is no time. Like, I got to do it while doing other things. While my kids are running around playing toys, I'm literally standing over them watching, make sure they don't fight each other. Because my first son is jealous as shit. He'll bite the shit out of my other kid if he touches his toys. So I'm like standing there watching, make sure they don't fight. But at the same time, I got headphones over my head with a beat going and I'm <laughs> writing a song. <laughs> that's so awesome and that's that's kind of hardcore as well but like i get it like you can't control what they're doing and they're like they're vicious monsters people don't tell you that kids are basically sociopaths right like they don't they don't know they don't care that like they have instincts like animals they're like listen you touch my shit yeah i'm gonna end you no one tells me that <laughs> gonna have kids. no one said no, that. They, no, don't. They, don't they tell you the cliff note shit they only yeah. just Parents only cared that the parents fuck your shit up like you did. They don't tell you like, yo, you could be better at being a parent if you do this or shit could be easier. It's not like it's like revenge. Suffer. <laughs> <laughs> so does it kind of light a fire under your ass? Like, listen, I like my next album's got to be better than the last one because I got kids now. Does it kind of get you going? It does because it's like, you know, I used to have been used to be able to just play around with shit back in the day and there ain't no consequence, but everything I do in life now, I'm married and got two kids. So it's like, if I'm going to do this music shit, I need some money to come from it too. But at the same time, I'm not going to sacrifice my style or craft just to make a dollar bill. Right, Cause that right. shit ain't real. It's just fake ass currency that I got to use on God's planet in order to live. So you're telling me you're not putting out a pop song anytime soon? I'll make a pop song. I like every, I like so many genres of music. I don't like every genre of music, but I love most. Like, and that's the only way. Like, to me, like you can really be like able to create something from the soul if you find the new things that influence in a different way. You don't know how you feel until you might hear a heavy metal song. Be like, you know what? I actually do fuck with this. This this kind of give me this like feeling that I ain't had nothing to like match with it. So what's the strangest thing that's inspired you when it comes to music? Uh, strangest things. Um, I don't know. Sometimes I'll be in a grocery store and just to challenge myself, make a rap out of like all the food I've seen. I literally did that through a freestyle. It was somebody challenged me and I, I put up a freestyle. It was like a minute and a half long rapping about the stuff I saw in front of me at Walmart. 
<laughs> what did you what okay don't you don't have to do the freestyle again obviously but what did you see because i'm always fascinated with what's on the aisle when you go to check out with walmart like who decided that the people magazine and snickers need to be there and also that Coke. <laughs> oh man man i wasn't even on the easy side you know the easy <laughs> side would be the electronics the food you know i know those very well i was on the hard side with the tires and the garden and shit, you know, oh, stuff sure. that I don't touch. I'm a nerd. I like to stay in house. When it's hot as hell outside, I'm the opposite. I stay indoors. When it's cold outside, I'm out there because you can breathe. <laughs> <laughs> that that was like the harder part for me. Like having kids, my like, you know, they expect me to do these dad things. Like they wanted me to build something. I'm like, listen, guys, I'll draw you a picture, I'll write you a story. I have a toolbox. I don't know what's inside of it. Like, I, like that's that ain't me, man. Like I, I don't know what you want me to tell you. So like I've had to learn to try to do some of that stuff around the house because like the kids expect it from you. They're like, You're dad. That means you you fix shit. I go, No, I'm dead. I call someone to fix shit. <laughs> Yeah, it's the same. Like the gender roles in my house is not the typical that everyone right. has. Like I'm the IT guy in the house, but my wife is the handyman. I don't fix shit. If you need <laughs> something done, that's the tool man in this house. I'm literally getting her a tool belt for Hell her yeah. birthday because she does crafting and stuff. So I want her to have extra pockets, but she also is the handyman. She just bought a drill and shit. I don't do none of that. You need your TV hooked up. You don't know how to make the sound work on your PlayStation. Fucking drivers need to be cleaned out in computer. Call this guy. <laughs> so, so we've talked about like some of your influences and what you've been doing lately. How do you, I guess, what inspires you? I, I got to ask the really corny question since I got a musician on here. You know, <laughs> I know you love video games. But what are the video games you're like, every single album, I have a, a track about Tekken. You're like, what are the things that you love that no matter what, they're going to be on there? Pokemon's always on there. On my first album, I got Catch Em All, a full-fledged song about Pokemon. And then I oh, still yeah. even use Pokemon references in my new shit. I say something like, uh, uh, I just turn like a T-spin. Shifting to make better points. My competition use game facts, passwords like smoking joints. People using rare candies to level up. I stay in the tall grass, fighting with randoms walk past. Yeah, dude, that's all awesome. Okay, you mentioned T-spins. Are we talking like Game Boy Tetris or NES, Super Nintendo? Because it was always... The first the time Boy. I ever seen a T-spin was uh, on Puyo Puyo Tetris for the Switch. <laughs> And that demo, like, that demo is the greatest demo out there because you don't even need to buy the game. If you want to just play Tetris and Puyo Puyo, the whole thing can be played right there. But they also give you the full-fledged tutorial, like, basic skills, advanced skills, and pro skills on each game in the demo. So I'm just sitting there watching this and, like, amazed. Like, I've been shit at Tetris my whole life. I didn't even know you could do that shit. <laughs> That's how I felt about Tetris 99. Like, since then, I've won some Battle Royales, but, like, I was like, I'm great at Tetris, and you start playing against 100 other people. You're like, I fucking, I suck, yeah. man. The farthest I ever got was third place, and I only got that once, and the shit started flashing like Goku from the top <laughs> of the screen to the bottom. I couldn't follow no more. So, so okay, so we mentioned kind of what you, like, put on every album. What's your favorite Pokemon? And what's your favorite Pokemon game? Uh, favorite Pokemon game is always going to be Pokemon Gold. I love that fucking game. That's when you got 16 badges. I'm one of them people who are like, yeah, give me eight more. I'm a whore 
for fighting gym leaders. I want the badges. I want all that shit. Dude, I'm right there. My favorite, yeah. <laughs> my favorite Pokemon is uh, uh, either Blaziken or Hariyama. Oh hell yeah, hell yeah! I I wasn't expecting the third generation. You know, Gold's your favorite, but Blaziken. I yeah. guess like you're a fighting game dude though, so like the second you got a bird type that's also fighting, I get it. Yeah, I've always been that kid. Like fire types is always my shit. But it, some games I would look at the fire type. I'm like, that shit's whack. Like, like go, gold is my favorite one. But I never liked Cyndaquil. I went with Totodile. Hell and yeah, Feraligatr is one of the best fucking water Pokemon ever. You language to my ear. Like that is my favorite Pokemon of all time. Feraligatr is the oh, shit. Yeah. Third right, would cool. be like Gengar. That's my other second, too. I was like, maybe he's a poser. Maybe he doesn't actually like Pokemon, but now you're dropping the truth here. Oh, I love it. I just bought <laughs> Sword like a couple weeks ago, and I've been slowly playing it. But yeah, I'm having I, I a blast. Play, but... Yeah, it's really, really good. It was just too big, honestly. Like, I felt I felt so it's old huge. when I started playing that game. Yeah, that shit like, feels like Dragon like, Quest now. Right? <laughs> like, like, I'm afraid to cross the bridge. I'm going to fight something I don't have the right... I'm not leveled up for. I, yeah. I felt so old, man. When I started playing that, like, you could beat a Pokemon game in, like, eight hours. Like, the original Pokemon game, you could do it. But like this, like, yeah. fuck, I can't put 105 hours to get into Pokemon. I got a 9 to 5. Man, Pokemon Black is the wackest one of them all, but it has the best story. Like, that shit was crazy. But I thought the Pokemon was terrible. Like, I didn't really like none. That's when they had a fucking, like, ice cream cone as a Pokemon. This shit was weird. <laughs> I just went through the whole game with one Pokemon, which was the Tape Pig. And I evolved into Umbroar, and we were just smacking fools the whole game. <laughs> and that's the only one that got a sequel, too, of all of them. Like, I love the story in that, but, yeah. like, it got a sequel. I'm like, man, I don't like any of these Pokemon. Now I got to play through a whole other one with these Pokemon shit. Yeah, the Pokemon were awful, but the gems were very fun. The puzzles or the ways you had to play them were just unique. The music is one of the best soundtracks I've ever listened to. Like, so much dope shit in there. I would just stop and start rapping over, like, this is my shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't realize, like, I mean, I've heard your tracks. I knew you liked Pokemon, but I didn't realize it was, like, your favorite. I need to have you on my other podcast, Right in the Fields. Like, it's a nostalgia podcast. We just talk about shit from the 90s, and Pokemon's its whole... It's like its own thing, you know. Pokemon oh, cards, the games, the show. I'll be down, man. We could talk about the '90s goodness from back in the day, all day. The fucking yo-yos, man, that you had. Yeah. You were like swinging them shits down, and they would take a vacation and then come all the way back up to your hand. You could just pull like 17 tricks before it would come back up. There's nothing cooler to me than those C3 like yo-yo brains, like you yes. Know, you could- look into them you see all these gears and shit you're like what could it do it's a fucking yo-yo it spins what is all that in there but it's magic is what my is. mom bought one for christmas one day and i thought it was coming to me and the package get old up and then she actually got it for my cousin after i've been bagging her non-stop for like a two like two years let's go to kb toys and get me a damn yo-yo Are you gonna buy one on christmas and give it to my cousin <laughs> Dude, that's hard heartbroken there's nothing worse than when your parent would bring home something and you're like, oh, sweet, sweet. like, you know, secret toy. And it's like, no, 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 you have a birthday party next week or, you know, your cousin's turning like 10. I'm like, fuck that kid. Like, like I don't think I ever wanted to hit another kid more than when like, they were going to get a toy and I wasn't going to get it. I'm not even sure if I wanted it. I just didn't want them to have it. Like, that's my mom. She buys me shit. <laughs> yeah. Shit. My mom, though, she get, I give her credit. 
she made Christmases amazing. A lot of the times would just grab shit that I never asked for, and they are like some of my favorite things to this day. Back in the day as a kid in 95, I wanted a Genesis because I played Sonic the Hedgehog. But we had an NES, so my mom got a Super Nintendo instead for Christmas. I'm like, what the hell? But then, <laughs> little I know, that shit came bundled with Legend of Zelda Link to the Past and became my favorite video game all time until I touched Chrono Trigger. <laughs> <laughs> I was the same way. I was like, Mom, I got to get this N64. Like, I was like, I was little. And I got a PlayStation set. I was like, what is this shit? It takes discs? I don't have any discs. What is this? <laughs> Meanwhile, put 400 million hours into Final Fantasy VII. I'm like, oh, maybe Mom knows what she's talking about. Like, <laughs> she's got something up yeah. her sleeve. She goes, what's up? The year I um, wanted a Nintendo 64... Cause I wanted Mario 64. I was huge on Mario. I'm still I'm a Nintendo kid till I die. Uh she did get me a Nintendo 64, but she got me a new game for my Super Nintendo. And that year is when Donkey Kong Country 2 came out. And that was the first Donkey Kong game I ever played. And I was just blown away. I'm playing Donkey Kong Country 1 now because they threw it on the Switch. I was so excited they threw it on the Switch. I hadn't really been watching too much that it came on there, you know, playing Super Metroid and stuff. But when they dropped Donkey Kong Country, I'm like, okay, I can turn the Switch back on. It's time. Yeah, it's been fun. Just I'm a grown-up now, so it's just like, yeah, all those levels that beat me down as a kid, I'm just <laughs> fat middle finger. Like, yeah, I'm just speed running this shit now. What's up? 31 <laughs> years old. Fuck beating my ass when I was eight. <laughs> Dude, I honestly, I think I'm worse. Like, for the stuff that's, that's like, actually, like, uh, like reflex-related, I can't do it. But I, I am smarter now. I know how to read. So the games that outsmarted me just because I didn't know what words were, I can beat yeah. those games now. But when it comes to like the actual reflexes, like I, I'm, I am horrible at Donkey Kong Country now. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like a disease. I got a, a, a love for those games that are hard as fuck, and I got to run through it from A to B, just get to the end as fast as I can. Oh yeah. Um, maybe it's just that, like that nostalgia and that setting as kids of the '80s and '90s, growing up on 8-bit and 16-bit game platformers. Especially the Mega Man X series. That shit'll make you always wanna tap forward as fast as you can, <laughs> bounce off of walls and shit. That's the game that taught me, like, it doesn't matter if you get hit. Like I I, I remember thinking, like, oh, I don't want to get hit. I wanna be like a perfect speedrunner or whatever, but you can't get through Mega Man X without fucking getting shot three times. You gotta use that invincibility to get through there. Yeah, that uh Steam Chameleon, you charge up his shit and you can just walk through that hallway on the first Sigma level. Oh man, so you're taking me back now. <laughs> Went from like interviewing Bronson about like his life and like let's just talk about Mega Man, man. for like 14 hours. I don't know what it is with games, man. Like my memory is shit, but when it comes to memorizing just anything and everything about video games, I know history. I know when dates and years shit came out. I know the system specs. I just be sucked in the video game documentaries and always love learning it. Hell yeah. I mean, it's because it's interesting, right? Like, I mean, I like a lot of stuff about history. There's certain people in history I'll yeah. learn all day. Like, I, I've never not read something about Abraham Lincoln. But, like, I don't give a fuck about what happened in, like, 19, I don't know, 56. <laughs> Let's say 1956. I don't know what happened in 1956. I couldn't tell you. I'm sure something very important and integral to our history happened that year. I have no fucking clue. But I can tell you about 1999 all fucking day, man. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, let's find what came out of the ps1 that year okay let's go into it like that's that's the shit i care about so that's what i like talking about 
But I got to ask you on that debate, we're talking about Donkey Kong Country. Where do you fall on Donkey Kong 64? I love that game. And my wife loved that game, too. When I had my uh, when we first moved in together, I brought over my uh, Nintendo Wii U and they had that on a virtual console. So I bought it and she like lit up like she played that game from her childhood and never beat it. And I've always been the type of gamer that plays games and want to get to the end real quick. I don't like the 100 percent and shit because I'm trying to play as many good games as I can before I die. But when it's with her, we 100% shit. Like, we destroyed fucking Dunk or Crash Bandicoot 2 twice. The old <laughs> one and on the the newest shit. And when Crash 4 drop in September, we'll destroy that shit as well. Crash 2 is probably my favorite game of all time. Like, there's a lot in there that I could list, but Crash 2 is the first game I ever beat. And that is a perfect game. It is a perfect game. Like, every stage is fun. The music is great. Uh, everything is really doable in that game. It's just like, it might be hard, but you pick up the sticks and like, oh, I know I can do this shit. I know I got it. Let's go. Yeah, what the, What were they thinking? Like, you play through Crash 1, you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to beat my head against this wall until I beat this level, I guess. <laughs> and you play through Crash 2, and it's like, here, we learned what difficulty was. Like, you slowly ramp up. The, the third level is harder than the second level, but it's easier than the fourth level. You play Crash 1, and it's like, hey, the first level, hardest level of the fucking game. Take this. Like, like we don't care yeah. about you. I was so happy, man. I cried when I, I beat Crash Bandicoot 1 like three years ago and i just like i have never been able to beat this game and i beat it it's like two o'clock in the morning and i so happy like like people think you fucking won the lottery and they excited i'm just happy that i beat an old ass video game from 19 fucking 96 <laughs> okay so i got one last question before we go i know you love tekken you talked about your love from like with with your dad loving tekken what's your favorite tekken game and why Tekken 3 is always my favorite Tekken game. Uh, not one because the roster, which is the dopest, they had many new characters that are all fun, including Eddie Gordo, where if he was a noob, you would pick him or you would pick Horong, and everyone would just smack the buttons. And you're like, if you ain't, if you don't know what you're doing, Tekken, and you play against a mashing character, they're going to win unless oh, yeah. you actually know, like, how to counter and, like, all that ma- that button mash shit ain't going to happen. <laughs> but the coolest thing about that game is if you don't put a quarter in the machine or you got to sit in at home and you ain't pressing the buttons, it would just bring up these dope-ass, like, little movies with the Tekken characters practicing their count their like martial arts and shit to dope ass music i would see jen just going practicing his karate shit or harangue he's just practicing the taekwondo shit and that's why i did got into taekwondo is because of harangue like most that, of the I shit i do in <laughs> in real life all go back to video games i like the green bay packers because i play with the green bay packers <laughs> nfl blitz <laughs> Can you do his kick combo, though? Harang's kick combo is probably my favorite combo in that entire game. Can you do it? I have not picked him up yet, but since doing this Taekwondo, I got Tekken 7, so I need to reinstall it in my PlayStation, and I'm ready to learn how to play with him. I wish his Bayok was in the game as master, because that's who I would really love to play with. I wonder if they added him as DLC. I don't know. I haven't checked it out since they added all the DLC characters, but I do love that game. But I meant in real life. Now that you're doing Taekwondo, can you do his kick combo in real life? 
No, <laughs> I'm a white belt. I can, man, I, I can do some roundhouse kicks. I know how to block from low kicks or high punches. I know some counter attacks. I know how to just pivot and move from the same spot and be able to like someone get close to me. They get taken down. Like, is there anything more satisfying than learning how to do a move that's in a video game? Like, that's the reason why I started to learn karate is like I wanted to be like Jin and being able to actually do a move and make it look like it looks when I'm on the screen there. I don't think there's anything cooler. I'm still horrible at it, but I can do the one punch that he does. I'm like, yeah, I accomplished (laughs) that. I can do that. Yeah, man. There's this one dude on YouTube. He like does the different moves from the Tekken series and show that like he can actually do them and they'd be straight one-to-one on par. And he does like the, the, the Kazuma kick where you jump up in the air and fucking spin, 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 and then kick forward. I'm like, damn, this dude is athletic. Yeah. Like that doesn't seem physically possible. That he must've practiced his ass off. Cause he just doesn't. I'm like, Oh shit, that's fire. (laughs) And he just, he would do the move and then they would show like the character do that actual move in the video game. And it was one to one every single time. I'm like, that's fucking awesome. Like, that's what I want to be doing right there. Now I know what I'm doing after this interview. I'm going to look up these videos and this is what I'm going to do instead of actually, you know, doing work tonight. I'm like, well, I got to I got to see this dude do the Cosmo kick. I got to figure out how that's possible. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, thank you so much for coming on, man. We cleared an hour in no time. No problem. Man, this was fun. Yeah, dude, it's awesome. We got to have you on more stuff. I have 45 fucking podcasts, and you'd be awesome on every one. Man, just send me an invite, and I'm always down. Hell yeah, man. So, where can people find your stuff? Where can they become gigantic fans of yours and buy all of your merch, including those t-shirts that are dope? Okay. That's, uh, it's going to be my rap name, Freestyle Fanatic dot bandcamp.com and that'll take you straight to my bandcamp where you can get any album that I do and any new merch that I create will go up there. But it's also you can go to perfectly perfected creations. That's the business of me and my wife have together. I'm just the tech guy that does all the shit in the background. She's the freestyle fanatic of that talented artist can just bust out shirts and shit. I'm down there like, yeah, you go ahead and do that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll put both of those links in the actual description as well as shouting on them again. At like when I do all of my plugs after this, but thank you so much again for coming on. I'll get you on tons of more stuff. Um, Real quick. Do you have a date for your next album though? Uh, I don't have a date, but if everything goes well, it should be out beginning of September. Shit, it won't take long for it to get mixed and mastered. All right, I'll make sure to like tweet that out with everybody. But go pay attention to Freestyle Fanatic. Pay attention to Funky Fresh. Pay pay attention to Ready Set Flow. <laughs> Buy the T-shirts. Perfectly perfected. What was the second part of that? I have it written down. Oh, creation. So it's perfectly three words: perfectly perfected creations. Go there, buy some t-shirts, get your shit together, people. Like, if you're not a fan already, why not? We do custom designs, too, so we, uh, anything you want, we can create that shit. Any different color shirt, different size shirt, different style of shirt, maybe you want a V-neck or a crew neck, and we have all the different colors and different vinyls that we can create, so bring your ideas for cheap-ass prices. (laughs) Is that the official (laughs) slogan? 
It ain't, but on the podcast is an exclusive one for this one. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you so much. I'm gonna bounce out here. I gotta go make sure the kids don't wet the bed. You know, dad life. I feel you, man. All right, man. Well, you have a good one. Thanks again. You too, man. And thank you for having me on the show. Oh yeah, man. Anytime. I'll talk to you later. You too, everybody. Peace out. Peace. All right. Uh, <clears throat> All right. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. That was Persons of No Consequence with Bronson Gregory, Freestyle Fanatic, one part of Ready, Slat, Flow, one part of Funky Fresh. He's an amazing rapper. Go check out all of his plugs. All of the links are in the description of your podcast. Check those out. And if you like my stuff, you can check out all of my stuff at can'tbekilledcreations.com like our other podcasts aiming for mediocrity can't be killed creations or can't be killed confessions all of the other millions of podcasts we do but if you want to hear bronson on more stuff check out right in the feels that's our nostalgia podcast everything from the 90s 2000s all the stuff from way back when hitting you right in the feels we talk about it we talk about boy meets world digimon 90s stuff you get it thank you so much for listening uh this has been persons of no consequence and we're out